welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. That's right, y'all. We are just, what, two days away from the Heat's first regular season game? It's about that time, guys, and we're really excited for the season to start. And just like always, I got some guests. First, we got Miami Flash PE. Say what's up to the people, Flash. What's going on, everybody? You can catch me on Twitter and on Instagram at Miami Clutch PE. You can follow me on any of those. And then after that, we got George. Say what's up to the people, George. It's good, guys. It's great to be here. And then right after that, we got Angelina Martel. Say what's up, Ange. What's going on, guys? It's Angelina Martel. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Angie Martel with two E. And then last but not least, we have a very special guest. You can catch him working at Bally Sports Sun for the Miami Heat. You can also find him on 790 The Ticket as the new Miami Heat English radio broadcaster. And he probably has more Emmys than your favorite actor or actress. Say what's up to the Heat vs. the World audience, Mr. Jason Jackson. Greetings, everyone. Gentlemen, lady, great to be back with you. Hope everyone's well. We're all doing great, Mr. Jax. Thank you so much for taking time to be here today. An absolute pleasure. As you can imagine, we are grinding all the way up until what I call the hour of power, 7 o'clock <laughs> on Valley Sports Sun, our wonderful uh, Heat Live pregame show, shock full of yummy goodness. I will bring you inside. I will give you an exclusive. I just finished interviewing the Don Perignon, one Patrick James Riley annual sit-down conversation about the state of the ball club as they hit the hardwood. So get get ready to be titillated by that little bit of conversation. Oh, wow. Like, it's just amazing. So without further ado, before we get started with today's episode, you know, first off, uh, Mr. Jacks, congrats on being the new um, English radio voice for the Miami Heat. And, you know, I got to ask, like, how did you find out and what was your initial reaction to getting such a promotion like this? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was my reaction. Legit. Uh, Mike English, after 23 years, retired. No one knew he was going to do it. Um, He is alive and well and enjoying retirement already. He'll be with us on opening night, both on television and radio, as we honor his 23 seasons. Uh, but he made the decision that he was good, and I can appreciate that because uh, I'll probably retire six years younger than he is now. So you all can do the math and realize what I'm what I'm gonna put up the peace sign myself. But um, <laughs> he retires. John Crotty and I were talking about it, and I was like, "Man, it's so late in you know the process of things." So they'll probably they being the heat powers of be decide to uh, simulcast. The TV show, like they used to do back in the day. I don't know if people remember back in 88 and 89, those those two first two seasons, the TV and the radio were the same telecasts. 
all from the radio position. And, um, that, you know, just because of time crunch and wanting to do a search and finding the right person, that's probably what was going to happen. About 12 hours later, I was offered the job. <laughs> How about that? So I was, uh, I was not expecting it. However, it's a dream. I, I think I shared with you guys last time. Basketball has taken me around the world. It has paid every bill in my adult life. Uh, basketball, this particular team, uh, gave me my career back. So I love this game. But baseball is what has my soul because I grew up playing. I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan. Uh, when I was a little tiny, whatnot, they won back-to-back World Series. When I was a freshman in college, they won another World Series. So that's, that's my thing. And I played it until I think I was 40 uh, when I stopped playing baseball. And so on an amateur level, obviously. So baseball play-by-play is probably radio play-by-play is best suited for my personality. The way that I think and talk needs time. And I've spent an entire career not having enough time, sans a talk show here and there on the radio. Um, and so basketball play-by-play is such a challenge because there's just perpetual movement. You know, God bless a foul here or there, some free throws on occasion so your boy can breathe. <laughs> I've, uh, I've found that to be the biggest challenge. Road games. Uh, it is the Jack Show solo. Uh, home games, I love it. I'm right next to the champion, the Hall of Famer, the gold medalist, uh, Ruth Riley Hunter. So those, I, I'm learning a new craft at 49 years old, and I couldn't be more thankful or excited. Wow. I mean, to be honest, because you, honestly, I don't think there's really a legend like you right now in this industry. Like, you... Eric Reed and everyone affiliated with Valley Sports Sun. It's weird saying that because to us, it will forever be Fox Sports Sun. <laughs> you could just say um, Miami Heat Broadcasting. That's so much easier, Double J. Yeah. So, you know, you guys are all legends. And, like, when we honestly heard that you were getting this type of promotion, like, while it did, you know, while we are going to miss Mike Inglis because he's had so much iconic, um, you know, iconic commentating moments in the past. You know, we were so happy to find out that he was going to be um, replaced by someone as iconic as you are. So we can't wait to get on to the radio and hear what you got to say, Mr. Jax. So so let's get right into the discussion. So, Mr. Jax, when you look at this Miami Heat team this year, how do you think this team looks this year compared to last year's team? Well, it's super different. Um, there's definitely a lot of different personnel, but also some that it was going to be familiar. I mean, here's the beautiful thing. Um, it, is that you bring in three guys and Morris and Lowry and Tucker who all have championship pedigree. But on top of being champions, they have a style that fits everything. They heat. So it's really good leadership and involvement. They're all in. Uh, view of things. Uh, but man, think about the growth of uh, Tyler, Bam, Max, Vincent, Duncan, all going to be at the forefront of everything this team's trying to do. Bam has been, obviously, for some time. And 
and and Duncan as well. But it's it's just nice to have this this next layer of it all. Um, all the while, Jimmy still being the tip of the spear. I'm so looking forward to though the just the dynamic of this team being led by um, Kyle Lowry. What, what's that going to feel like on both ends of the floor? We've already got these. Uh, they, they, I think Jimmy calls it Kyle Chaos. Um, so I think I'm going to embrace that. I love it to alliterative things. Um, so it's going to be fun to, to go into that space. But I just love the, that that PJ will guard anybody, that Bam will guard anybody, that that even Kyle go in the trees and guard anybody. And, you know, you know, the Jimmy's that's, that's, that's what he eats for breakfast. And then everybody else falls in line right behind that space. Deadman off the bench, you know, guarding anybody. It, it's just going to be absolute defense to offense joy. I believe coming. Right. And then what about you flash? So I think like Jack's hit it on the head. This team is different. It has so many different personalities now, different players that came in. I, I call it, and Jack's brought it up, the Cal Lowry. I call it the Cal Lowry effect. I think he improves mm-hmm. everybody on the team. I think we know the obvious. We, we see that he can work well with Bam. He can find Bam. He, find, he lets Jimmy play more off ball than he, he did before. And a lot of people aren't talking about the growth that he can show a player like Tyler. Tyler, just in the preseason, which he's been doing incredible, by the way, He's been getting rebounds, and he's been looking to push the ball straight up the floor. The floor. I didn't see much of that last year. I, I'm seeing it this year, and it just happens to be at a time where Kyle Lowry came in. So it might be a little bit of that, a little bit of just his own growth. And, and I'm also thinking Duncan's going to be a very big beneficiary of the Kyle Lowry effect of having three all-stars on the floor, more spacing. And I really think all overall it's going to be is great. I think the team is molded into Pat Riley's image bunch of dogs ready to play defense and and just ball so i think it's great i think spoba loves it i know jimmy loves it and i and i think all of us fans should love it right and then Ange, how about you yeah you guys pretty much just nailed it right on the head jack's clutch i mean flash sorry yeah like looking at this team this year in this preseason compared to last year like jack said we've made a lot of new additions to this team such as lowry mark morris there's pj tucker in the mix now too and honestly considering how we did last year looking like how we went out last year i hate to bring it up but it's kind of inevitable too and then how we performed this preseason you know tyler hero went out of his mind this preseason and i can't thank him enough for that and I feel like he's going to be a real asset going into this long 82-game season, so I'm very excited to see that. I'm excited to see the big three between Butler, Bam, and Lowry because I know Jimmy's been wanting Lowry for the longest, and I know all Heat fans have, and we finally got what we wanted. So I'm really looking forward to this team and how much they're going to accomplish this year because I feel like there are a lot of different things that we improved on from last year. Like, we really took – last season's sweep into accountability and we're just going to better ourselves for this season and hopefully come out champions. I mean, that's every team's ultimate goal for a new season, but I really feel Miami has what it takes. And I really think people are overlooking how strong of a team Miami really is. So I can't wait to prove those people wrong. For sure. And then what's on your mind, George? Yeah, look, I I think that, 
after the season that we had last year, there was a lot of tough decisions that had to had to go down, that had to be made. Um, but I think that we've come through the other side looking a much stronger, a much more cohesive unit than we ever like that we have in a, a long time. I'm not I'm not slandering anyone that's come through our doors before, but I think just the mix between Kyle Butler, Bam, everyone like even Victor, the way he looks, he's not even active, you know, but he's he looks like he's a genuine member of you know of the Miami Heat and the culture that we that we tend to have. Um, the additions are fantastic, so I think they're going to speak for themselves. It's all about what they do from now on. Um, Hero really needs to to take that next step, and I think he's going to do that. I think after preseason, he showed that he's ready to take that next step. But um, it's about about putting it all together for this great season ahead. Right. And, you know, I want to actually take something from Pat Riley's press conference today because, you know, one thing that I feel like a lot of Heat fans were anticipating was that we weren't getting no normal godfather type behavior from Pat Riley. We were getting that cutthroat type of personality from him heading into this offseason because it's so funny because um, from five recent sports tweeted as a result of um, the press conference that Pat Riley says this reload reminds him of what he did in the 2005 offseason around Shaq and Dwayne. And in quote, I feel like we needed a little more medieval type mentalities, guys who have shields and swords and axes and stuff. And you know what? That's exactly what I think of when I look at this Miami Heat team right now. And it's because of that specifically that I can't help but feel excited to see what happens next. And, you know, you know, now that we've seen how this team looks from last year, let's go into the second topic for today. And it is, who are the main guys to look out for, for from this year on the Heat? And we'll start off with you, Ange. You know, everyone, I mean, I really feel just like it's obvious to look out for Butler and Bam, but I really feel like Hero is going to be one of the main breakthrough players considering how he popped off in preseason. I'm sure no one expected that. And some summer league players you picked up, Yurt Steven. It's Yurt season now. It is Yurt season. And I really feel like him, Tyler, and a couple other summer league players are going to have a good breakthrough season because considering how they played in preseason, I have hope for them to come off the bench and perform greatly just like Deadman did when he first joined not not that he came from summer league obviously but he made a big impact off the bench during the playoffs and the regular season so I'm hoping they can sort of have that same effect that he did but yeah um our big three with Butler Bam and Lowry that's certainly not one to underestimate and I'm sure everyone's aware of that so yeah I mean honestly that's really all I have to say about it but just I feel like everyone's kind of going to have the same opinion not to say they are but that's just my take on it. You, George? Yeah, I, I largely agree with um with Angie on this one. You're gonna get the big three, you're gonna have you're gonna know what they're gonna bring every single night. They're gonna bring tenacious defense, they're gonna bring, you know, flowing offense. You're expecting that. What every championship team needs and as aspiring champions as as we are, um, a role player so that can really um really feel a role. They can really feel a need. They can feel the shooting off the bench. We've got Dunk who's starting. We've got Tyler who's coming off the bench. He's going to look to have a great season. Caleb Martin coming, you know, coming into the team. 
just getting buckets, doing what they do best, giving us the energy, the kick off the bench that we've come to love in the past as well. Um, I feel like we we had that last year, but not to the greatest extent that we could. I think that it's time to go back to that off the bench, you know, coming coming in, making an impact, getting us the dub. Right. And then what about you, Flash? I think everybody pretty much said it. I think the most interesting part of the season is to see if Tyler can keep up what he's been doing in the preseason. I'm really interested. If he can, I think he's in line to be a very, very important player in the league, especially for what this team has has and needs. Um, But we haven't given a lot of love. I know George said it. Uh, to to Victor, Victor Oladipo. I think when he comes back, he's going to be great. I think, and I hope that we see at least a a little a little something to show that he's still that Victor Oladipo that can perform really well for us and give us very solid minutes, whether it's off the bench or starting. I think I hope to see him healthy. I know we all hope he's healthy, so. I think he's going to be a really interesting piece. Right. You know, you're looking at this Miami Heat team, and, you know, you can't help but think of, you know, what's going to come from our players this year. You know, we have a very interesting roster. And, you know, like looking forward, you know, a question that I do want to ask you guys, and I know you guys might have mixed opinions about this, especially because we don't know what to expect from some of these teams. You know, I want to ask, where should we see the Heat place in the standings? And we'll start off with you, George. Yeah, I think that the Heat over the most recent history have been a very competent but not outstanding um, regular season team. You know, we've had very unlucky runs over here and there, but I'm looking towards the fourth and third seed should be our, our floor, our complete and utter floor. With the new team coming in, I think that we're well developed, we're well, we're well coached, you know, we're, we're ready, and I think that the third and fourth seed should be the floor, and we shouldn't expect anything less than that. But it's at the end of the day, it's still about the the playoffs. You know, we just want that seed to go to work, go to go to town, get the you know get the job done. Right, and then you, Ange. Yeah, no, I completely agree with George. I feel like, like he said, with our Welly coached and Welly developed team that we built this offseason, considering we had a lot more time to put into it compared to the 2020 season where we were one of the last teams to go home after the bubble. So we didn't have the proper summer training and offseason like the rest of the teams got. And COVID also played a role in that too. So I feel like with all the extra time we had this past offseason, we could really better our team for this season and like you said third or fourth seed i feel will be ideal right and then flash yeah i think like we it showed last year when we ended up being the sixth seed that we that we probably want to go for the home court advantage the the heat fans are great and just having a playoff game in the, in the arena as much as possible is probably the best way to go. So by that default, I say the floor being the absolute floor goal for this team should be fourth in the East, which gives you that, that home court advantage. But uh, this team can be so good that I can see them go anywhere, anywhere in the, in, in the top four in the East. 
Right. You know, to be honest, I think Miami, in my opinion, has to be like the third best team in the Eastern Conference. But like at the same time, you know, you might have the pretenders who will probably be placed over Miami come like the regular season standings. You know, it's just one of those things where we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, like I said, I, I do think this is the third best team in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, being behind a Brooklyn Nets team, that's still pretty good, even with the loss of Kyrie for the time being. And then the Milwaukee Bucks, the team that swept us in the playoffs last year. But, you know, then moving forward. So it's one thing to talk about where the Heat will place in the standings. But how far could you guys see this team go in the playoffs? And I know this is an interesting question, especially when you think about who we'd potentially have to face in certain rounds. So for this one, we'll start off with you, Flash. So there's a lot of uncertainty in the East right now, especially in Brooklyn, because of the whole Kyrie Irving situation. So we don't know what they're going to look like without Kyrie or with Kyrie. Who knows what happens there? And we don't know. And we also want to see if the Bucks can keep up the momentum of winning a championship and being a top team. So I, th- I really do think because of the mentality, the fit, everybody is with each other in the team, they have a chance to go all the way to the finals and see what And But you have to go through a lot of tough competition. That's that's one thing for sure. That's There's a lot of tough competition. The Bulls got better. A bunch of teams got better in the East. So, But I think Miami's built to last a, a deep playoff run probably more than anybody in the in the east right and then you george i think that when you're looking at something that's so far away you have to look at every case scenario i'm looking at the best case scenario here there's very like like flash said there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to um when it comes to this season there's there's a lot of question marks about players can tyler hero keep it up can um, Oladipo come back healthy. Can Yurt um, Seven come in and make that impact? Get get the rebounds and put up some good shots. Um, Morris, can he come and play some great D off the bench? There's a lot of question marks. If I'm looking at the best case scenario, I, I'm very wary of the other teams in the East. I think that Milwaukee's just as strong. I think that you know they retained their big core. They did lose Tucker, but they made other changes. Um, no more heat killer, uh, Bryn Forbes there either. But uh, even you know, you said it with the Brooklyn Nets, even without Kyrie, they're still an incredibly dangerous team. Very deep, very good, and you know a lot to offer on on the offensive end. I think that this team can make it very very far in the playoffs. I looked at many Heat teams. I've watched many games. I've been around for a long time. I, I truly honestly believe in this team, and with the tools that we have, if we can put it all together, there's a very good chance that we make it very far. Right. And then what's your take, Ange? Similar to what Flash said, considering the teams in the East, <clears throat> excuse me, that we have to go up against, this is the Brooklyn Nets, the defending champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Bulls got better. They added DeRozan as an asset and to their squad. And so I feel like we can go very far in the playoffs considering the moves we made this offseason with the trades, free agency, between um, the summer league, the new players we added. And so 
I honestly feel our team has so much potential, and I, I keep saying this, but everyone I feel has been underestimating Miami ever since their unfortunate sweep last season, and that kind of just like their hopes were brought down, and that's not the end of it. Like they shouldn't have just gotten so easily discouraged because pe- teams obviously better themselves for the future, and that's clear clearly what Miami's doing because we all know damn well that that. Sweep did not sit well with the front office and did not sit well with Pat Riley at all, nor did it sit well with Spo and the rest of the team. So they obviously knew they had to do something with that there. And so I feel like I said before, with all the new assets we've added and the improvements players are making to the um, to their game to better themselves for this season, I feel like we certainly have the chance to go very far. Right. You know, like, like I said, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this Heat team. You know, to on October 21st, which is a couple of days from now, we'll see a preview of what the Heat, this new Heat team can do against the Bucks. You know, I think one huge loss for the Bucks is the fact that they no longer have PJ, who was a very important player for them, was probably one of the best defenders on the team, aside from Giannis and Drew Holiday. And then, you know, Brooklyn, you know, like I said, I still think they're one of the best things, best teams in the league without Kyrie Irving, you know. And we'll see exactly how dangerous they still are, you know, when it's time to play against them. And, you know, now that we've covered all of that, you know, now we want to touch on something that I don't know. I mean, I don't know why we even should get our hopes up for it because it seems like every year, when we think the heat, a heat player or a person will end up taking this home with them, they end up not for some weird reason. And that's none other than the NBA player awards, coach awards. Well, the end of the season awards and all that. So you have stuff like MVP, coach of the year, defensive player of the year and all that. Like, do you guys see any heat players or a certain coach taking that award, taking any awards this year? We'll start off with you, George. Well, I, I 100% believe that we should be in contention for a fair amount of awards, including all-star appearances this year. Um, there's been narratives, you know, that, that our players don't get um, the recognition they deserve. I think it's time that we don't give them that choice anymore. Um, even Coach of the Year, um, Eric has proven time and time again that he's one of, if not the best coach, you know, that the NBA has to offer. Um Jimmy's been playing amazing. You know, I, I, I'm not expecting um, MVP, you know, caliber recognition for him, but he can, and he has done that in the past. Bam should 100% be looking towards gaining that, you know, the accolade of Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Tyler Hero should be looking at Sixth Man of the Year. This, we're, we're in many conversations for many great awards and many, uh, many avenues that we can go down. You know, we can always play submissive and, you know, give them that choice to, to vote someone over Bam for Defensive Player of the Year. But if you really, really, you don't, if you don't let that bother you, you just go and play and you prove to people why you should be in that conversation, people can't afford to, to, to not listen. Right. And then what about you, Ange? Honestly, I'd be biased if I said that any heat team, any heat player has what it takes to win an award this year. Like he said, coach Spo for coach of the year, Jimmy for MVP, Bam for defensive player. But I mean, they certainly have what it takes, and it's no surprise that Coach Eric Spolstra has 
definitely anything it takes and everything it takes to win coach of the year. He is a championship coach. He's a Hall of Famer coach, soon to be, because he's not out anytime soon. But I certainly feel, like I said, I'd be biased if I said that, like, all the Heat players have what it takes to win. Like, not all the Heat players, but, like, Jimmy Butler can win MVP. Bam can win Defensive Player of the Year. Spoke can win Coach of the Year. Tyler can win Six Men of the Year. Um, I, do, I don't think anyone on our team can win Rookie of the Year, but that's too early to tell because the season hasn't started yet. But certainly I feel Bam is going to really take last season's unfortunate – I don't know what you call it. Like, he was in the run for Defensive Player of the Year for months and then suddenly gets replaced with Draymond Green out of nowhere. And so I'm sure that came as a shock to all of us. And so – He's really going to step up his game to really prove everyone that he has what it takes and that he will do anything it takes. Jimmy, I feel with the, as the season goes on and he really pr- makes a point and proves himself, he definitely has what it takes to be MVP. Coach Spo, I already said enough about that. Coach of the year, it's, it's not really close, but we'll see how each team's coaching style and coaching staff performs this year. But honestly, that's my opinion on it. Six men of the year. So it's it's really close to call, honestly, but we just have to wait till the season starts to really make more close predictions. And then you, Flash? So I, I would probably love to tell you that every Heat player is going to win every award, but realistically, I'm going to say, I think this should be the year for Coach Spo. I think it's, his, I think it's crazy that he's been in the league for this long and he's had so much success in the league. And he's never won coach of the year, which is out incredible to me, considering how good, how consistently good he's been in the NBA for his entire career. So I think it's his time. I think that's probably the one I want the most. It's probably more of a surprise because, uh, of course, we all want Jimmy to win MVP and all that. But I think the most realistic and the one I want the most has to be Coach, coach Spo. Right. You know, and then... Looking at this Miami Heat team, I mean, it's obvious that media has been sleeping on the Heat for some time. At the end of the day is that we know what the Heat is capable of doing, and we don't need an MVP award, a Coach of the Year award, a Defensive Player of the Year award, or whatever to prove that. And even if Miami doesn't walk away with an award of any type, we know that the ultimate award is getting that NBA trophy by the end of the season. And, you know, there's a lot of expectations for this Heat team. And, you know, when you look at the NBA, is there like any other teams aside from the two we've already mentioned in uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee, specifically in the Western Conference? Because I feel like we've covered so much about how it all looks over here in the East. How about the West? Like, is there any team specifically that you guys would be concerned about like I know you guys might say the Lakers and all that like what teams are you most impressed by as you look at the other conference and we'll start off with you Ange. well now that you said oh I'm pretty sure you guys are going to say the Lakers but I mean it's true they have they got so many different assets this offseason it's like it's almost scary of the amount of like crazy assets they have Russell Westbrook um Dwight Howard DeAndre Jordan LeBron AD they got Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Ariza, but those we don't really care about them. But um, yeah, no, I feel like anyone can say the Lakers are gonna be a real 
threat to the Western Conference. But considering they went 0-6 like preseason, that really threw me off. But then again, it's preseason. So, um, but yeah, no, the, the Lakers, I feel like, would be the real – I can't say threat. Well, I mean, I can't say threat, but they're going to be a team we'd certainly have to watch out for and certainly have to – we can we cannot let our guard down with the Lakers, or we can't let our guard down with any team. But the Lakers are just a, such a stacked team. But. Right, and what about you, Flash? So, like the the West is not as strong as it was the last few years, but it's still pretty solid. You got the everybody's talking about the Lakers and all, but a healthy Nuggets team can make noise. A healthy Jazz team to make noise in the, in the West. I think uh, I'm looking at the uh, Golden State Warriors. I mean, if they if Steph can do a good enough job to start the season and then Clay comes back, who knows what's there? The Phoenix Suns could go on another run. So I think the the West is kind of open. Obviously, we think the leaders are going to be the Lakers. But the East is really open for the taking. Luca, you can't discount Luca, who's been improving every year. So you you don't know. I, I really think that that the West is, is for the taking, and I would probably be more most concerned about the Lakers because of obvious reasons. They got they had a very eventful offseason. They added players just like we did. So I, I think it'd be a fun matchup. I think but that, I do think they're a threat. Right, and then you, George? Uh, I'm, if I'm looking at the Western Conference, I'm I'm really only taking notice of two teams very highly. I'm talking about the uh, the Lakers and um, and Golden State. I think it's been you know a long time in the making for Golden State. They were really really waiting on the health of Clay, so this is the final. The final curtain call for him, in my opinion, this is the time that he comes back and needs to to prove that he, he's still that shooter coming off the two massive injuries. Um, but if they can put it all together with the with the the talent they've acquired while he's been gone, with Wiggins, Kaminga, um, Moody, they, they they look like a very very good team. Even Wiseman, the Lakers are always difficult to beat. We, we, they've you know they've had a number in the finals. They 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 look like a good team. They they're an age team. But I think they're also a team that you have to look out for if you're to be a serious contender um, in the NBA. The the East is where you know we're, that's our battle right now. That's our, that's where the strongest teams are, in my opinion. Um, the teams that we have to look out for, the ones that we match up hardest against. Um, you know, there's a lot of question marks coming in with a lot of teams like Philly, whether they're going to have um, Ben for the start of the season, whether he's going to play. You know. If he's going to be, you know, high, high and mighty on that team, or is he going to be, you know, the same as he's been in the off season? But the, yeah, with a lot of question marks, there's a lot of, um, a lot of fun games to be played. A lot of, you know, feeling out of who's going to be what and where, where are we going to be by the end of the season? Yeah, it's it's going to be a great process this year. Mm-hmm. You know, and then. You know, moving forward, you know, when we're looking at this Miami Heat team, there's so much hype about them. You know, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I know someone, I believe it was Bobby Marks. I'm not exactly sure. But someone earlier today predicted Miami beating Utah in the finals for this upcoming season. That's really interesting. First of all, because of the fact that Miami's getting any hype from anyone. 
outside of South Florida media outlets. And then you have the fact that Utah's in the finals as well, which surprised me. And that would actually be an interesting, um, what's it called, storyline to have the team that Dwayne Wade owns go against the Heat. I think that would be something interesting to look out for. But, you know, we've covered so much about, you know, what to expect throughout the season. But now let's focus on what's currently ahead of us. And that's this first game of 82 regular season games for the Heat. And that is none other than the defending champions, the team that, as we have acknowledged earlier, beat Miami last year in four games. That's none other than the Milwaukee Bucks. What's your expectations for um, Thursday's game? We'll start off with you, George. I'm, I'm... Just so excited. I, I, I actually can't put it into words how excited I am to verse them in the first game. I know a lot of people will be very um you know tentative feeling out like well, what's gonna happen with them, how they're gonna feel. They came after we beat them the year before in the bubble. We um they came out with a chip on their shoulder. They they showed us in their first regular season game, they versed us, they 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 they, they destroyed us, pummeled us into the ground. We came back to beat them the next day. Um, but they, they wanted it. They wanted the win, but I think it's time for us to, you know, we, we got swept. We have to deal with it. We've had to deal with it all, all off season. I think you're tired of it. We're all tired of it having to hear about it, but I think it's time for our team to, to really put on a performance and, and show why you don't mess with the heat. So it's going to be an extremely exciting game, high scoring, great defense, a lot of spectacle. It's going to be fantastic. Right. And then, like, to to go on of what you said, you know, Milwaukee, they definitely are probably one of the best defensive teams in the league. And, you know, so are the Heat. You know, I can't wait when Miami brings out that starting lineup. Well, not starting lineup, but still that depth lineup of Kyle Lowry at point guard, you know, Victor at the two, and then Jimmy at the three, PJ at the four, and Bam at the five. You know, imagine having the score on that lineup. But, you know, yeah, I've, you know, hearing what you said, George, I agree 100%. What about you, Flesh? What do you think needs to happen in Thursday's game against the Bucks? I think Miami needs to play like they just got swept in the first round of the playoffs last season. I think they need to play with that hunger, that anger, and they need to come, come out and show that they're not the team that, that came out last year like that. I need, to, need. I want uh, Kyle Lowry to show the effect he has on this team. I think he will. And it's really going to be a tough matchup between two really good teams. But Miami's definitely going to be gritty. I'm looking for them to be tough to start everything on defense and then turn it into offense. And I just hope that that they are they really are ready for the, for this matchup because it's a tough one right away to start the season. You get the, you get the defending champions and there's, you really can't ask for any, any other game to make a statement. So I think it's perfect. Right. And then what about you, Ange? Certainly heading into Thursday's game, Miami is going to take this very personal considering the way they went out last season. But yeah, like Flash said, going the first game that your team plays this season is against the defending champs, the people that swept you in the first round, gave you this bad rep, and it's just 
it's frustrating, but not, but we know we're going to come out strong. We know we're going to perform to our best abilities. And like I said, Miami's going to take this personal. They're going to play as hard as they can, as they should. And hopefully they will. I mean, crap. Like <laughs> you hope they play that you hope they show out their first game of the season against the defending champions. But honestly, I think we have what it takes to defeat Milwaukee. I mean, we showed that in the 2020 season, but then again, that's two seasons ago. Everything's changed. Well, not everything's changed, but a lot has changed. And things are very different than they were then opposed to now. So, but yeah, to answer the question, I have high expectations going into Thursday's game, and I certainly feel we have what it takes. Yeah, and you know, the thing with Miami last season and this season, I know we touched on it earlier. You know, you have the fact that what was it? Today is the 19th, right? So a little over a week ago marked the one-year anniversary of the NBA Finals. The Heat were a part of two seasons ago. It was the one-year anniversary of that just last week. Think about that. You know, this team was beyond exhausted, and they headed into next season. And you know what? They The fatigue got to them, and that's what led to a season that didn't go as we expected. And although it sucked that it ended the way it did with us getting swept, you have the fact that we then ended up having the longest offseason out of any team that made the playoffs this past season. So, you know, honestly, I want to see what this Heat team could do now that they got the rest and everything. You know, it's going to be very exciting what happens with this Heat team. So before we close it out, I want to say uh, thank you to uh, Mr. Jason Jackson for being on today's episode. He couldn't stay with us for too long, but that's fine, though, because we, we're going to hear his voice again very soon on 790 The Ticket. So make sure to check that out. And you can also catch him on Valley Sports and then Valley Sports Sun, I mean. And then also... Uh, Follow, make sure to follow Heat versus the World on Twitter and Instagram at HVTW Podcast. And we also have some big news because as some of you guys follow us on Twitter have heard, um, we're starting a new extension show to go along with Heat versus the World. I know a lot of you guys out there have been wanting us to put out more pod content and you're finally getting that because we will now be having two shows dropping every week. It will You will get an episode of Heat versus the World, and then an episode of Heat versus the World's newest extension show, Culture Shock. And what makes Culture Shock so special is that this will be the first pop Miami Heat pod ever to feature an all-women cast. And it will be starring none other than Angelina Martel, who's here with us today, along with other Heat vs. the World members like Clippy and Lola, while being produced by fellow Heat vs. the World member Jules. So with that all being said, make sure to follow the Culture Shocks Twitter account at CLTRShockPod. And with that being said, like there's going to be a lot of great content. And, you know, with the great season comes something great for the pod as well. So I hope you guys will stick around with us. Because there's more coming to the table. There's not going to be any more pods that come after like three or four weeks. Like we're actually going to start being consistent again. So with that being said, we can't wait to see what's in store for this Miami Heat team. And with that all being covered, we can't wait to see you guys in the upcoming episode. So thank you all for tuning in and we out.
Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.